Ruia Apirahama with his wire to Rere Reta Rere Reta from the album Te Kau Marua, Rua Te Kau Mafa. From smartphones to tablets, PCs to laptops, netbooks to notebooks, technology now forms a crucial part of our lives, which is why interested Māori organisations have a vested interest in the 4G spectrum. The rollout is set to take place later this year, which means uber-fast data transmission. In the early 1980s, the spectrum for radio frequencies formed part of the Y11 claim, also referred to as the Te Reo Māori claim, lodged to the Waitangi Tribunal by language advocate Huirangi Waikerepuru and Ngā Kaifakapumo i Te Reo Māori, the Wellington Māori Language Board. From the programme Pākiwaha, recorded in 2010 on Radio Wātea, the iwi radio station based in Auckland, Ngā Kaifakapumo i Te Reo Māori treasurer Peripi Walker provides some historical context about Māori and Spectrum with interviewer Dale Husband. Piripi has been one of the movers and shakers on behalf of, uh, of Te Reo Māori over the years. And I just want to remind you too that Ngā Kaifakapumo i Te Reo Māori was one of the organisations that challenged the government for a right for Māori to have access to broadcasting uh, uh, initiatives as a way to protect our language and culture, as, uh, as guaranteed us in the Treaty of Waitangi. It took a trip to the Privy Council to force the government's hand, and as a result, we have Māori broadcasting initiatives, radio and television and even print. Uh, it wouldn't have happened without Ngā Kaifakapumo i Te Reo. Their mahi is ongoing because of developments in the transferal of digital data, and they had a hui over the weekend, in fact Friday, looking at the Waitangi claim for Māori access to the spectrum. That's a little bit confusing, and in fact, uh, speaking last week with Richard Ozeki, who is also interested in this area, he was saying that he, he believes that Māori leadership haven't factored in this important um, developing technology and that many of them, while they've fought hard for fish, forests and lands, have overlooked the, uh, the media platforms that will be our, um, our transmitters of information in the future. We're joined today by Piripi Walker from our Kaifakapumo i Te Reo. Te rangi te mihi atu kā koe, nā mai haere mai kia Pākiwaha. Tēnā nā koe, Dale, e mahi mai nā koe i tēnā tau matou tātou, me o tātou aitua. Tēnā koe tuka toa ngā iwi o tūmotu. Tēnā koe. Thanks for joining us today, Piripi. Now, I didn't have any information from that, but I was just trying to get a gut feel for the work of ngā Kaifakapumo. I, um, you know, hold them as as one of the real fighters for Māori broadcasting initiatives. Um, was that reasonably accurate? Is there anything you'd like to clarify or correct? Well, it was a very fulsome phrase, and 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 uh, um, thank you for the introduction, Dale. Uh, the work is ongoing. I think that's the thing to focus on. That the work is ongoing. That uh, uh, we made progress with securing sufficient licences, secure licences for Māori television. And you're right also, Dale, that that came really as uh, a firm award by the Privy Council in London. It's a, it's a sad fact that the provision for Māori television and the requirement for the Crown to move to establish it came from an offshore court, the highest court in the Commonwealth. Uh, it was too large and too difficult for the electorate in New Zealand and too generous a thing for our political parties to contemplate and they both dug their toes and, and neither of the major political parties were happy to introduce 
80s and into the 90s and it had to go to the Privy Council, who said the Crown must deliver Māori television. And that's where it came from. And the Māori Council, of course, had a huge role, not just Ngāko Whakapubo, uh, under the leadership of Sir Graham Latimer and his uh, team. The Māori Council were probably the, uh, you know, the larger of the claimants, but certainly Ngāko Whakapubo were active all the way through since, since the language claim. But this, this claim that we worked on since last year has come about as a result of the reorganisation of the way the Crown allocates the resource. And uh, if you like, the spectrum resource, you can think about it, <laughs> for example, the waterways, the rivers, uh, you know, the estuaries, the harbours of New Zealand, the passages of commerce, the ngā hoi hoinga waka, ne? Since time immemorial, they were the veins of transport in Te Ao Māori. Imagine if they, in their day, had been privatised or access had been granted by licence to the most valuable ones on the basis of who could afford very expensive licences or who could buy those licences at expensive auctions. Well, in the modern world, Dale, here we are talking on the very waterway now. I've got one running up to Auckland and you're broadcasting out on your 603 AM frequency through to the many homes there. Uh, you know, and Waitakere and Manukau, Tadaki Paifinua, Whakawhitiatu and in all of the places that Wate has broadcasting to this morning. So uh, this is the passage of information, broadcast frequencies and radio. And as we both know, everybody knows these days, it's also uh, the passage for business communication, for data communication and so on. Well, what the Crown has been moving to do over the last two years, as you say, is uh, reorganise it because television systems in New Zealand are moving to digital ones and the old frequencies, the old licences are becoming vacant. And in that decision last year, there were a number of we called, a number of Māori groups, ours included, went to those we and realised that we were only really just being invited along to slideshows and there was no room for court at all. And we began at that process, uh, uh, at that time, the process of calling national we and we had four now. We had a hui uh, they've almost all been at Marae, and, and most of them we've stayed the night and had two-day hui so we can talk into the night with all of the law Māori that are interested in this issue. And uh, at the very first one at Kōkiri Marae in Wellington, we decided to write to the Prime Minister uh, asking for them to return to the generic treaty claim. And when I say generic, this is a broad, large Article 2 claim uh, between the treaty partners on whether the Crown is going to address Māori interests in the radio spectrum. We went to the tribunal. The Prime Minister's letters were good and timely but not satisfactory. We went to the tribunal uh, with an urgent claim in December last year. We got in front of the tribunal. Uh, the court there was spearheaded by our co-mato, the late Jim Nichols of Hauraki, and they agreed to an urgent hearing. And uh, the Crown, seeing that there was going to be a further third large set of tribunal hearings on spectrum, decided to invite us to negotiate. And after, on consideration, it was felt better that that is the way to go, to negotiate, and there was an agreement to establish a four-month joint working group. Uh, a bit like, you know, the other negotiations that have happened over the years. There's certainly some on television and broadcasting and a number of others. And it would work to find a solution uh, that would be put to the Crown to see if the Crown could modify its view on the earlier tribunal findings. The Crown refused to accept them. Uh, the fact that Māori had a, an interest in the spectrum, and that group worked for four months. You know, as we mentioned in our in our preamble, or I did anyway, 
You know, our Māori leaders are having a hard time understanding this, this area, as would our listeners too. And, and so it's important that we, we look at the history of it, eh? access to radio, for instance, or, or television, which was fought for, what, 20, 25 years ago now. But, of course, technology is changing. Digital uh, technologies are moving. We've got the third-generation spectrum. You might just, um, if you can, um, uh, for our listeners, just explain Te Hoanahitika Māori Trust. Now, this was um, a claim put to the tribunal, a successful claim, and gave Māori rights to part of a spectrum. But if I recall, it was, it was the second-generation uh, spectrum. And as a result, we've seen two degrees of which Māori had a significant stake or continue to have a significant stake. All of that wouldn't have occurred without the success of the arguments put up by Kaifakapumo uh, Itadel. Dale, I could, I could summarise the story quickly for you. Please. Uh, in, in the 80s, when Māori first thought it would be good to have a national television channel, the Crown at that time was moving to allocate the third national TV warrant, TV3. Māori and the Council formed a Māori initiative to contest that warrant in front of what at the time was the Broadcasting Tribunal, fought very hard for two years, didn't quite get it over the line, found again that the big players were awarded it because they had the heavier pockets, Dale, and a commercial operation that would broadcast the kind of popular programming uh, that would, uh, if you like, please the electorate. And the electoral cycle was very much part of it. It was VHF frequencies. 89... Suddenly, the Crown, the Labour government, moved to create a new system to auction frequencies, again attracting the big bidders in. And the regime for radio, we found out that they planned for a future for Māori radio that would only be on AM frequencies. Uh, the officials were so blanket they couldn't see at that time that Bangatahi and the new technologies needed an allocation of FM region by region. Kaifukapumo and the council took that to the tribunal. Full hearing went for, you know, months. Manuhuya Bennett, Judge Peter Trapsky, Eddie Hanarai, uh, that became the first of the large spectrum, particularly spectrum claims, where Māori said the treaty requires the Crown to consider a Māori prior interest in access to these things. You can't leave Māori to the back end, you know, where they get the rats and mice and the worst frequencies. Now, they refused that decision. They went ahead with the sale. Māori opposed them in the High Court. We won right through to the High Court. It was the most mocked claim in the history of the tribunal process, and yet surprisingly the one that succeeded most in front of those conservative judges. In 90, during the 90s, with television focus, it went to the Privy Council through 91, then 93. That was again a contest over reserving some UHF frequencies. Again, they weren't the best, but the fight was to make sure that they were guaranteed forever for Māori TV, and that those same frequencies have just now been reallocated to Māori TV's... Um, if you like, the council stakeholding body to Putahi Baho, which is a victory. In 1999, the Crown moved to sell off the best cell phone frequencies for, you know, the modern cell phones of the time. They were called 3G. Māori opposed that through a claim by the Everton Whānau uh, and won again handsomely at the tribunal. This report, Y776, people can just log on to the tribunal's website and read a summary of it. It's all very clear. Yes, Māori have a prior interest in the spectrum, the Crown again refused to accept it, Dale. Come down to this, uh, 10 years later, 2009, the allocation of digital, same thing. Crown's moving to introduce a new regime. Māori have considered the, is the issues, the two earlier tribunal decisions, in black and white. Māori interest must be addressed, and it hasn't been at all. The Crown still refused to accept it. 
went to the tribunal last uh, year and a bit ago, uh, worked all this year. Uh, we've prepared a joint position to go to Cabinet, uh, which was to be considered in September. Uh, but now there's been uh, really now it is a quite significant delay in any consideration of it. And uh, the hui last Friday was the fourth of the national hui we called over the last 12 months, 12 months uh, among iwi and supporters to consider what to do next. And, of course, the obvious thing is to simply make contact with the ministers uh, asking for an explanation of where we're going with this. Uh, um, timetable was set in front of the Waitangi Tribunal. Uh, we decided not to go for a third major hearing because of cost and expense. It's better to negotiate. But the concern is the silence that we've currently got. An interview recorded in 2010 from Auckland Iwi radio station Radio Wātea and its programme Pākiwaha with interviewer Dale Husband. And thanks to Te Reo Irirangi o Wātea for allowing us to rebroadcast the interview.